Hey, we been having a pretty rough week as Dave was sharing, and uh, but we want to uh, continue our study in the book of Colossians, and the subject is really about people, and uh, looking at the different people that Paul was, was in contact with and that he worked with and that, and so I'm going to get into that in a few minutes, but I've asked uh, Jim and Annie to come up and share this morning. <coughs> uh, so kind of fellow servants and co-workers to kind of share a little bit about their lives because, you know, people's lives and and serving, it's kind of both. uh, We were talking about this beforehand. It's not just uh, that we that we're that we have a life and we're part of the family, but we're also uh, serving in the family and they kind of go hand in hand. They go together. And so uh, these two have been serving here for a long time. I I think I'm going to call them Priscilla and Aquila. I'm not sure which one's Priscilla and which one's Aquila. Uh, those names, uh, I'm not sure about those names, but I think it's... Anyways, uh, Jim and Annie, come on up. I don't want to be Priscilla. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, Rich has asked us to share a little bit, and there's, there's not a whole lot to tell, but... Uh, I'll just make stuff up. Um, but, you know, good, during Good Friday, I had a chance to share a little bit of my testimony, and I had to condense it because there's really so much there that I like to share. Uh, my, my testimony is very, very important to me. And after 30 years or so, uh, I still get emotional when I tell it. And uh, when I look back, there's so many areas where God has just been with me. I wish I would get better at looking forward and knowing he's with me, but like most people, I look forward and I get fearful. But when I turn around and see where God is, he's always there with me. Um, As I shared on Good Friday, I grew up in a Catholic faith, and I always believed that there was a God, but I, I didn't know who he was or where he was. He was very scary, and uh, when I met him uh, in that July night in 1980, uh, I found out that God is real and that he is alive and that he knew me. It was a personal thing. God spoke to me, and he knew me, and that was very real. I never really heard the gospel per se, but that night I believe God saved me. But through a series of circumstances, we found a little church, Community Baptist Church in Wickford. And uh, it was a very small church. And there was we did, what we didn't realize at the time, there was a lot of internal turmoil there. But uh, they had a great pastor, Ron Hodges, and his wife, Shirley, just great Bible teachers. And we started learning about Jesus. And eventually we gave our testimony, and we got baptized in the basement in this big steel tub and um, it was real. I, we knew God, and I knew I wanted to serve him. I didn't, had, didn't make any plans, but I knew that I wanted to serve God. And as a matter of fact, the very first, uh, the very first Sunday we went to church, they told us they were having a, a film that night on uh, the Six-Day six War, the Israeli War. So we went and saw that movie, and I got hooked Right then and there, I got hooked on prophecy. 
And that was a passion for me as well. I wanted to find out about God's Word, about what was coming in the future. It was very exciting. But anyways, I remember uh, just I wanted to do more than just show up at church. I wanted to do something. I didn't know what that was. But the pastor one day gave a message, gave a notice that there was going to be a work day on Saturday. So I showed up. And they were actually building a, uh, they were actually building a baptistry just like this one. We didn't get to use it, but they, were, they needed a ditch to, for a drainage ditch, uh, about 200 feet to, to drain the water. And so I'd show up and whenever I had spare time and started digging a ditch there. And uh, then I found out there was a, a, a visitation night was, was Thursday night. So uh, me and another guy, Jack Picard, um, we'd put on our suit and tie, which was a scary thing in itself. And uh, go out and knock on doors and ask people if they knew Jesus. And this, the thing is, is that that is totally not me because that is such a scary thing. I don't even know if I could do it now. But I had to overcome myself to do things for God because I don't have it. <laughs> but Jesus, God has it. And he has his Holy Spirit can help us do things that we can't do. And I still struggle today. After 30 years, I still have to overcome myself to serve God. Um, as I said, there was a little bit of turmoil in that church, and after a year, it was just it was just a terrible mess, and the pastor was leaving. They, he was being kicked out, really. That happens, unfortunately, among churches, so we left. We ended up going to Quidnessa for about 10 years, and there was an issue there. So we bounced around. You know, there's wherever there's people, there's problems. So um, Probably, I'm guessing about 18 years ago, I don't really remember, I always forget, Mark always reminds me and I keep forgetting, but I'll have to ask him again today. But we've been, about 18 years ago, we, we found this place, and it was a miracle, I'll tell you, it was a miracle, I'll just tell this story really quick. But Ann works for a doctor, and there was a drug rep who came in, and he was so excited about his church, Calvary Chapel, and he told her about it, so we decided we go. The thing is, the guy disappeared, never saw him again, and never, it was just... He never saw him again. So we started coming to Calvary, Calvary Chapel back when they were at uh, Cedar Hill. And uh, I'll tell you, for about six months, it was we'd come in at the last minute and leave as soon as it was time to go. We'd just run out. We just, we just needed time to heal, just a lot of wounds. And uh, <clears throat> after about six months, uh, it was actually Annie who said, look, we've, we've, got to, we've got to join in. And so... We just looked. We just started looking for things, things to do, and one of the first things I saw was that we had a lot of equipment that needed to be packed up. And I just started uh, by coiling up cords and packing up equipment, and um, we just looked for things to do. Uh, and that's all. We weren't looking for any monumental things. Just what can we do to help? And uh, Annie eventually got involved with teaching. Uh, she had a lot of experience back at Quidnesset. And um, like I said, there's not a lot to tell, but it just, I always felt like I didn't want to just show up at church and leave, and that's all there was. God sent his son to die on a cross, and I wanted to do something, not for the sake of good works, to build up this repertoire of, of things I've done. I just wanted to do something to tell God that I loved him too. And uh, I'm going to repeat it again. I have a lot of struggles. There's a lot of internal issues I, I have in myself because I don't communicate too good uh, with people. I'm kind of introverted. 
But God can do it, and he has done it. And I have been able to do some, some things for Christ because Christ lives in me, and his strength has given me victories. And I look forward to that day when I will stand before him, and there will be things that I will be sorry for at the Bema Seat of Christ, things that I haven't done, but I'm hoping there's something I've done where he can say, welcome, no good and faithful servant. So I'm, I'm really grateful to Rich and Paul and for this fellowship because it really has stabilized our lives in Christ. And uh, we're just glad to be part of this family, the people coming and going and changing all the time. And that's, that's the reflection of life and the way it is. But, but we consider ourselves part of this family, and we're just really glad to be here. And we just thank God for calling us here. just want to add that drug rep, you know, those drug reps came back all the time. They always wanted to see the doctor because they always wanted him to prescribe their stuff for, for patients. And literally that guy never came back again. And it really was amazing. I was like, I really figured maybe he was an angel that God sent so we could get settled somewhere and, and stay and serve. So anyway, um, my name is Annie Hines. And um, just quickly, my salvation was brought about by my mother's salvation. Um, when she first got saved, she started talking to me um, nonstop about how I needed Jesus. And I told her, if you don't stop talking to me about this, I am not going to come over here anymore. Because Jim and I were married at that point, and I used to go visit her like once a week or so. And um, so she stopped, and I watched. I watched her life. I watched her change. I watched things happen to her that in a million years never would have happened. And I thought, oh, my goodness, there must be some kind of reality to this God and this Jesus thing because she couldn't be doing these things. And little by little, my heart was opened up, and I was led to the Lord as well. And I, as well, get emotional. I'm thankful that God saved me. I'm thankful that Jesus allowed me to know who he is and what he accomplished for me on the cross, how he has saved me from eternal judgment, but saved me from myself because I was wretched. You know, when I think back, it was awful. And I'm so grateful to be saved, so grateful that God is in control of my life, that he gives me a heart that helps me to stay surrendered to him and walk with him. And he just keeps me out of trouble, you know, far from perfect, many issues, things to deal with every day. Yet, I can say walking with God is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So, so and uh, Jim told me last night about we were going to do this, and um, I thought, okay, well, why do I serve? And I, I thought maybe I'd share some things about that. Um, I have to start off by saying I absolutely love serving God. It is the most amazing thing in the world that you can do. Um, I looked up, you know, a few verses just to kind of give you um, Romans 12, 1. says, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So there's a duty. There's a duty. There's an obedience. There's a walk with God that we, wanna, we want to obey him because he asks us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to him. But it's not just out of duty. It's out of love. It's out of a deep love and appreciation for realizing, you know, what... Jesus has done for me on the cross and 
You know, I think of the verses where Jesus said to love, love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If the entire world could put that into practice, what a world this would be. We wouldn't be struggling with all the issues we're struggling with on this, in this world. Um, if we loved God first and walked with him and served him and then loved each other as we loved ourselves, what a place it would be. Um, so we do. I do it out of love, my love for God. I, I, I love him deeply, and I love you guys deeply. I love to serve you guys. Um, I love to serve God. And so out of duty, out of love. And then I thought, well, there's practical reasons to serve God. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, there was the temple that needed to be taken care of. There were things that needed to be done. And there was a time that God was upset because their houses were all in order. Everything was in order and the temple was in ruin. There's practical things that we need to do. God has given us here an amazing building and um, we need to take care of it. We need to um, glorify him through it. And so there's always things to do to, to take care of, of what God has given us. Um, also to take care of people. Most important, take care of the church that meets here in this building. We need to take care of each other and help each other. There's the fellowship part of serving, and that's really an amazing part of serving. Um, you get to know people. You know, on Sundays we come and go. Um, we try to talk. We try to spend time with each other. We're doing more now, too facilitate that and try to spend longer time together. Um, but you really get to know people when you are serving with them. And, you know, when we first moved into this building and we were all serving here, knocking down walls and uh, ripping things apart and having to dust and clean over and over and over, you get to see the good in people and you get to see the not so good in people. You get to see the craziness in people when they are so sick of dusting the last pew, they can't dust it anymore. Um, you develop relationships in serving together. Um, we let our guards down um, and it's just a blast serving together. It's a, it's a good time. Um, and as I said, we've really, I mean, I can tell you and Paula will completely agree to it that she's crazy. And she would say the same thing about me. Um, you don't really see who we are here on Sunday morning if you came before and watched watched practice for worship. You might get a glimpse of it. Um, but, we, you know, you just learn things. You have fun together. You enjoy each other. Um, so that's, that's the practical part of it, keeping God's building good and, and learning, to, learning to know each other. Um, it's a battle, serving. You battle the flesh, just like Jim said. We get tired. You don't feel like it. You don't want to go out. I want to stay home all the time now at night. I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay home on the couch with my cats and do nothing. So it's a battle to get out. We battle flesh. We battle also the powers of darkness and evil and principalities as well. There's that fleshly battle, but then there's that spiritual battle. And I have to tell you that there is unspeakable joy um, in serving God in in teaching uh, the kids, in sharing God's word with them, in having a part of putting that into their lives, when they respond and they're excited and they say to you, I think I've been called to be a missionary, you know, I walk out of that place sometimes on Sunday just on cloud nine. I'm so excited and elated and just full of unspeakable joy 
for what God's word is doing in the lives of people. And so that's another reason for serving. You, you experience joy, and you're surprised by the joy. You're surprised by it. You're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. The goal in serving God is bringing glory to God in all that we say and all that we do. That would be the goal. And um, I wanted to just end with this verse in First Peter. Uh, I didn't write down. Well, I think it was 1-4. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. Um. Let's open, first of all, to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. And then we'll get into Colossians. I could respond to a whole bunch of those things, you know. Um, um, but, I, you know, some of these things I hear and I haven't heard for a long time, it's people's lives, it's about people and the, 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 what God is doing in their lives and who they are and where... God has brought them from, and, and uh, you know, I've known these guys for a lot, a lot longer than uh, most of you. Most, some of you have been here all those 18 years. You know them as well. And, and just to see what God is doing in people's lives, it's amazing. And, you know, that we put up with each other, and she, they put up with me, and I put... I, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's about people serving God, people being in fellowship with God and with one another, and, and really kind of that's what I'm going to focus on. But uh, this, is, this is one of our, um, our key verses here, Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And that's, that's really you. That's really each one of you, rare and beautiful treasures. You know, it's, uh, it's really what it's all about. You know, God's given us this place, but really it's about the people that are here. It's the people that are part of what is happening here. So let's go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 4 and pick it up where we left off. Colossians chapter 4, we looked last time about prayer and witness, and, and uh, he says there in verses 2 and following, he says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you, so that you may know how to answer everyone. As uh, Dave started out this morning, you know, it's been a long week. A lot of stuff has happened. It's been a terrible week in some ways, but, you know, really looking at the, in the context of the whole world, um, you know, this is the world we live in. But even just thinking about just this week, you know, we, we know what happened in Boston and, and four, people, four people's lives, uh, innocent people's lives were lost. So over 170 uh, were injured in some way or another. Some uh, lost limbs. 
We know in Texas what happened there, uh, you know, some kind of an accident, they think. 35 people or more have lost their lives, uh, over 160 uh, injured in some way. In China, an earthquake, 180-plus people killed, 6,700 injured. And just yesterday, an avalanche in Colorado, five killed. Uh, you know, as Dave pointed out, you know, we don't know really what life has got for us right around the corner. We really don't know. And so for us to be ready, like it says in these verses, devote yourselves to prayer. Be prayed up and be ready because we don't know when that opportunity is going to come up. Pray. Pray that God would open doors. Pray that we would be used. We would be useful in this life while we're here on this earth that you know, that saying, you know, um, only what's done for Christ will last. When we stand before him, you know, is there, is there anything in our lives that will, that will stand up, will last? He says to pray for boldness, for clarity, for, to be consistent. And, and these are things I need prayer for. And I, as I shared last week, I ask you to pray for me that I would be faithful, that I would have integrity, that I would be always biblical and and, and, and what God has called me to do here, and, and just to be uh, faithful. But I, I was thinking about this this uh, this message, and you know, it's not you know, it's not just a message. You teach the Bible, and then you know, you go to the next passage. Well, really, unless it really kind of gets into you, you know, you, you're just like, uh, and you just like, you can just repeat things. But really, so I'm thinking about this, and and. Uh, Make the most of every opportunity, it says there. You know, let your conversation be full of grace. And, I, and I, was, I, was, I was communicating with a guy on Craigslist about some tires for, uh, for a car that, were, that, that needs some tires, right? And so I was communicating with him, and, and he said, well, maybe you can come up on the weekend. And this was like last week before the weekend. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I can't come on the weekend. I work on the weekend. And so he says, well, what do you do? I say, well, I'm a pastor, and I, you know, that's I work on the weekends. He says, oh, great, you know, and and uh, you know, we talk for a little bit, and he and he says, well, I hope your message goes well, and you know, he says, I'm kind of spiritual. You know, this is kind of where he's coming from, kind of spiritual, right? And and uh, so so I, you know, I said, okay, well, I'll call you back when I can get some time. So I called him back, and and. Uh, I made an appointment to go to his house on Monday morning to look at these tires that he had for sale, right? And so uh, he lives in the Boston area. He lives in Newton. And, and on the way there, you know, I'm trying to get to his house. I'm listening to the take this exit and the exit I looked at online, and, and it was blocked because of the marathon, right? And so I couldn't take that exit. I had to take the next. I had to go, like, way out of the way and not that far, but out of the way and come back and and finally got to his house and, and uh, just talking to him a little bit. He said, so how did your message go yesterday? What did you talk about yesterday? And I'm going, well, hmm, you know. Well, he talked about prayer and about witness and about sharing, you know, about Jesus. And, and, and I had thought, I knew that there was going to be an opportunity, and I prayed to God, give me, just give me some words that like to be full of grace and, and to, you know, be, you know, a good witness to this guy, and because I just sensed there was an openness there, 
And uh, so, you know, I didn't like hammer him or any, anything like that, you know. And, and I just, I said, you know, we just, for, for the Christian, you know, it's about Jesus. It's about him that he died for our sin, that he, you know, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead. That's what it's all about for us. And, 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 and I said, do you, do you ever read the Bible? He said, no, I don't, you know, I don't really read the Bible. And, and he said, you know, I'm, he said a few things, and I said, well, you should maybe read one of the Gospels, you know, and just find out, read about Jesus, read about what he had to say. And so I kind of had this, this little conversation with him. I bought the tires, um, he gave me a really good deal, and uh, yeah, I remember I told you I'd seize the moment. I said, I gotta see that. <laughs> Put him in my car right now. And uh, so, you know, that's Monday, and, and uh, Monday morning, and uh, you know, later on in the day, I, I hear like something happened at the Boston Marathon. I'm going like, wow. I was just like there. I just had this connection with this guy, and he said to me, if you want to go watch, you know, you can just go down that street right there, and you can watch. And it wasn't where the, where the bad stuff happened, but um, again, I was just praying for opportunities, and there, there was that opportunity. And, you know, it's a, it's a horrible week. You know, I was troubled all week long just by just all this stuff happened. So I thought, you know what, I, I opened my, my calendar, and, and there was that, a little piece of paper with the guy that said tires, you know, and his phone number. So I'm going to call the guy back up. And so I called him up yesterday, and I said, you know what, I felt like there's just like a connection because, you know, I was there, and he said, you know, I thought about that too. And I said, you know, I just, I just want to see how you're doing and, and, you know, let you know I'll pray for you. And, and you know, he, he was just so appreciative. You know, and, and I don't know where if that's going to go anywhere for him or not, but, but he heard the name Jesus. He heard about the cross very, very simply and... And that so you know there's opportunities in this world, and even even out of the most heinous things that happen in this life, to be ready even in those times. Sometimes people are are more open even during those tragic times to hear where hope comes from, because it certainly, as we all know, it does not come from this world. We cannot find hope in this world, the system of this world, and in the things that men can come up with. So again, just to, to, to remember this last passage, to, that we should pray. We should speak to God about men before we speak to men about God, that quote I had from last week. Pray, ask God to give you some kind of opportunities, and you know what? He will. He will. And you don't know where it's going to go. I, I loved what Annie was saying about her mother, just, you know, Jesus, Jesus, and finally she stopped, and, and then she just watched her. But, you know, now Annie is, is ministering to her mother, right? Is that okay if I say that? You know, she's, she's got Alzheimer's kind of uh, that, and, and uh, she sometimes doesn't remember who she is, and she, she's in a nursing uh, facility, but she goes and takes care of her now. Is that amazing? You know, God um, kind of turns things around, doesn't he, at times? But So today, in, in Colossians chapter 4, uh, I want to, for the next few weeks anyways, talk about people. And this would be people part one. The people that were in Paul's life, they were important to Paul. People are important. Not that things are not important, but they're not in any way, shape, or form as important as people are. Now, you think about people, you know, and I'm not saying today that people are important in the, in the world's sense, right? 
Because, you know, you go to the doctor's office and you see People magazine on the table there, and it's just garbage, you know, and it's just, you know, who's doing what and who's, who's you know, it's just nonsense. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some different characteristics in people that, that really come about through a relationship with God, through God working in people's lives. The world looks at people, if, if, you know, if, if people are famous or they're rich or they're good-looking or they're talented, and they, there's almost this worship of the people. Well, this, what, what we're seeing here in Paul, in his, the context here and in, in, in the Scripture, it's about worshiping God and, and what people are through that. Let's read the verses, four, chapter 4, 7 through 9. It says, Tychicus will tell you all the, all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Anisimus our faithful and dear brother who is one of you, and they will tell you everything that is happening here. One of the most amazing things when you read about Paul's life, that, that I want to say this first of all, that the Apostle Paul, though he was incredible, the Apostle Paul was never, ever a one-man show. He was not a one-man show. He had people around him. He always had someone around him serving with him. And he never put himself higher than anybody else. He, he, he said, I'm the, I'm the worst. I'm the chief of sinners, he says about himself. But we, we see here, and, and just these two people I want to look at this morning in the time that we have left, that these people's lives were changed, and they were, they were serving with Paul. They were a part of Paul's life. They worked together. They, they were used by God in so many different ways. We've been looking at this heart storming here uh, in the last couple of months, really, and, and kind of the vision for what our church is and what God wants to do and how he wants to do it. And, and, and uh, this brainstorming kind of morphed to heart storming because we don't want it to just be from the brain because some of us don't have much there. Um, but, but out of our hearts, what is God putting in your heart kind of thing? And, and you know, we're, we're coming up with different ideas, and it's just very exciting to me because it's people that are speaking up about what God's putting in their heart. It's not, it's not me asking them to do something or me telling them what you should be doing. It's what them saying, what God is putting something in my heart. I want to try this. I want to get involved with this. We're going to be doing uh, here in the, the future... Uh, what we call Ministry Minute, to kind of communicate some of the things that are going on where people are just going to get up for a minute or two and talk about what is, is going on. Because a lot of the stuff we, you know, there's stuff going on around this church and through this church that most of us, some of us don't even have an, an idea that's actually taking place. And so we're going to have that uh, on a weekly basis where people can just communicate. Communication seems to be a real, real important need that we need to communicate. That's what's happening here. Paul says, I'm going to send these two to you, and they're going to what? They're going to communicate. They're going to let you know what's going on over here. And also, it's going to be two-way, though. Paul wanted to know what was going on over there, right, as well, in, in Coloss Colossi. 
So the first guy he mentions here is Tychicus. Now there are different pronunciations for this name. I've heard uh, some people say Tychicus, Tychicus, and the, the sort of the Greek pronunciation, if you look in the Strong's, uh, is, is uh, Tuchikos. Tuchikos. Now, how many of you recognize that name? If I got up to you and said, you know, we're, you know, how, you all remember Tychicus or Tuchikos, how many would you say, yeah, I remember that? Oh, yeah, I know all about him. Like nobody would. I mean, how many of you have named your kids after this guy, right? <laughs> how many people have you ever heard of anybody naming their kid after a guy like this? Like, why? But you know, there's some beauty in that. We all know about Peter, and we know about John, and we, we know about Moses and all that. But, but this guy here, you know, if you went out in the, into the church in, in the whole state of Rhode Island or, or New England and, and, and they said, do you know, and mentioned one of your names, probably not many people would say, no, I've never heard of Joe Schmo. Does that make you any less important? In God's sight, this guy was, this guy was serving him. And, and the way Paul describes him, those three terms he uses there, as we'll look at in a second, it doesn't matter how many people know your name, it matters that God knows your name, right? I love that song, you know, He Knows My Name. And, and I think Jim alluded to that, didn't he? That He knew me. He knew me. He knows you. He knows your name. He, he has a relationship with you, and, and, and He loves you, and He wants to bless you, and, and He wants this relationship that, that, you know, you work together. You serve Him because you love Him, as Jim shared, as Annie shared. He was one of Paul's co-workers. There isn't a lot that we know about him as a person. I'd love to have him come and give his testimony. Like, this is how I came to know Jesus. This is how my life was changed. We don't have those kind of facts about this particular guy, but, but that's okay. We, we see some of the fruit of it, though. We see, we see the outcome. We see what's happening in his life through what Paul says. So Paul says that he's going to go, Tychicus is going to go and tell him, communicate news about Paul. They didn't have email. They didn't have a post office. They didn't have any other texting, any other uh, thing that they uh, could communicate. And so if you wanted news to get somewhere, you had to send it with someone. You had to send someone over to, to talk to them. And so Paul, he trusted Tychicus with all the news and all the details. So in that second half of verse 7, notice the three terms that he uses. He's a dear brother. He's a faithful minister. And he's a fellow servant in the Lord. Notice there, there was no religious titles, you know. It's amazing when you get something in the mail, you know, reverend so-and-so. I get that in the mail, you know, from time to time, and I go like, who, who are they sending this to? <laughs> the most reverend, right, holy, rich Chapman. <laughs> there's, a, you know, there's a lot of responsibility when you've got a title like that, you know, a lot of cost to that. 
This is the kind of titles I want to have on my, my name here, like what he's talking about, Tychicus. He's a dear brother. He's a faithful minister. He's a fellow servant in the Lord. First, he talks about him being a dear brother. He's part of the family. He was the family. That's what's most important, first of all, that he was in the family, that he was born into the family by being, how? Born again, by, by giving his life to Jesus Christ. He became family. And sometimes we, we, get, we don't realize that, that we're related to each other. We, you know, we're going to spend eternity together, and we are family. And we, you know, families don't always get along. Well, we got to kind of work through that and do the best we can, but we're family. And he said, you know, he's a dear brother. He is a brother. I told you about my sister, right? Didn't I tell you about my sister a few weeks ago? I sent her, an, I, I sent her another, after she says, I never want to hear from you again, ever. And I said, okay, I let, I let her settle down a little bit, quiet down. And I sent her a text message the other day. I said, you're my only sister, and our mom is our, is our only mom. That's all I said. So I got a message back last night. She said, well, I'm going to go see our mom, my mom, but that's it, no one else. Okay? That's what she said. K? You know, K, texting talk, K? No. I'm going to send her back. I want to let that settle. I'm going to send her back another message. <laughs> Family. We have family in the flesh, but we got family in the spirit. And Paul said, this guy is a brother to me. He's just like a brother to me. Paul, just to refresh your memory, Paul was incarcerated. He was in prison. He was a prisoner. This is one of the prison epistles, the letter that he wrote while he was locked up, chained. He says, in my chains. And so this guy and also so many other guys were there. They were willing to come and visit him, to be a part of his situation. Now that put them in danger as well, for, for them to associate with him. But Warren Wiersbe points out, he says, how encouraging is it, or it is, to have a Christian at your side when everything seems to be against you. You know, Paul was going to send, as he says later on, he was going to send them to, send them to encourage the Colossians, but how did he know that he could do that? Because he was encouraging Paul. Paul's locked up, but, but he didn't care. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, we're on the team together. We're serving. It's, yeah, there's a cost involved here. It's not an easy situation. But we're in the family, and, and, and you know, you're the only brother I got. You're the only sister I got. So we're going to have to stick this out. I'm, you know, I'm not going anywhere, Paul, unless you tell me I need to go somewhere. As Paul did, sending this letter, he sent them with the letter to the Colossians. Second thing he says about him is he's a faithful minister. And he says he's, he's a faithful diakonos. The word minister in that, in that phrase there is the word diakonos, which is also translated servant as well. As we'll see in the third one, fellow servant, a different word there, doulos. He says, you're a faithful servant, a faithful minister. And I know 
that Paul was speaking from experience. He, he, he knew this guy. He worked with him. He, he saw the way he lived, the way he acted, what he was willing to do. And I believe he ministered to Paul, but he also ministered for Paul. Paul couldn't go out and do anything. He was locked up, but, but he could send this guy to go out and do it. That term faithful, he was faithful. I want you to turn back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, something else that Paul wrote about being faithful. Chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. He says, So then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Verse 2, Now, look what it says there. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove what? Faithful. This is what's required. He says we're servants of Christ. We've been given a message, the secret things of God, which is the mystery that Paul says is now open for all to see that Jesus was crucified for our sins. He, he died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. But he says, what, what's required? What does God require? What does he need from you and me? He says that we would prove faithful. That's what he wants. He just wants us to be faithful. That, that word that, uh, you know, we, we long to hear when we stand before him, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. If you look in the, in the dictionary, how many brought your dictionaries with you this morning? If you looked in the dictionary, if you had one, if you, maybe you got your little iPad or whatever those little things are, Kindle or whatever, I'm kind of out of touch. But if you looked up the word faithful, there really are two meanings for the word faithful. Again, this is what God requires of his stewards, of you and I that we have a message. Two meanings. Number one meaning is, is basically reliable, faithful in the sense of reliable, trustworthy, constant, dependable. The person is faithful. The person is going to be there when the person says, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be faithful. A faithful friend is always there when you need a friend to be there. That person's faithful. They just show up. They're always there when they need to be. They signed up. They're, they're serving. They, they're faithful. They're not calling in every, you know, five seconds. They're faithful, consistent, constant. Tychicus, he was reliable. He was faithful. He was faithful and he was reliable. Warren Wiersbe says this, and I love quoting Warren Wiersbe because he was just awesome. He is awesome. Someone has said that the greatest ability in the world is dependability. You've heard, you know, about availability, but, but he turns it around here and says the greatest ability is dependability. Dependability. He said Paul could depend on Tychicus to get the job done. In other words, God doesn't look, you know, for, for you and I to be so amazing. He wants us to show up. He wants us to be dependable and see what he will do. I read in a devotional book this morning, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He's the one that's going to do it anyway. It's not you and me and our amazing gifts and abilities. Because if that's the case, how many would I would not be here 
I, you know, I never would have... I never would have come to Rhode Island, never would have tried anything if it was depending upon me. He was dependable. This guy was dependable. The greatest ability in the world is dependability. I like that. Are you dependable? Is that what God is asking for you to be, to do? Faithful. You're faithful. You're a faithful servant. You know, through the years, you know, we, we, we've joked about this, and, and, but it's the truth. You know, we just got to show up. We just got to show up. Got to show up. See what God will do. Show up on Sunday and see what God will do. And God has done incredible things through the years. The second meaning for the word faithful, does anybody know what it is? <clears throat> hmm? No. That's still part of this first. It's a completely different definition of the word faithful. It's actually, if you look in the dictionary, it says obsolete. But I don't think it's obsolete because it's full of faith. Full of faith. Faithful. Full of faith. I think that's important, too, in serving God. That you and I just trust God. We, we put our faith in Him to do it. It really ties up together with being faithful by being dependable that you're full of faith too, that God wants to do something, so show up. That you have faith in God to do it, for Him to bless it, for Him to provide for it. I love you know, that song we sang today, Never Once Did He Leave Us On Our Own. Never once, for you are faithful. God, you're so faithful. Tychicus, he had faith in God. He had faith in his God, that God was going to take care of him, that God was going to provide, that God was going to use him in lots of different ways. He was a, he was a faithful minister. The third thing there, he says, is a fellow servant in the Lord. A fellow servant of the Lord. This word, again, is, is a doulos, which really means a bondservant. A bond slave, it's also translated. And he, he, the, the word he uses here is, is sundulos, which means co, together, together, servant. Him and Paul, he says he's a fellow servant. He's a fellow bond servant, bound to serve in the Lord. That's powerful. You know, you, you notice this here too. When he uses this kind of terminology, there's no hierarchy there at all. He says, you know, we're, we're servants. We're just, we're just servants together, serving an incredible and awesome God. That's who we are, servants, co-servants together. Let's go look at those terms one more time. Paul talking about Tychicus. He said he's a dear brother. He's a faithful minister and he's a fellow servant in the Lord. I'd like to hear those words about me. And I have a long way to go to, 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 to even say that. Verse 8, he says, I'm sending him to you. As I mentioned earlier, for the express purpose so that you may know about our circumstances and that, that he may encourage your hearts. There was communication that would take place and, and they would find out about Paul and what's going on with him. 
and even though he was imprisoned, that they would hear that God was doing incredible things. Even though he was in prison, he was, he was uh, you know, doing ministering. He was sharing his faith with the, with the guards that were guarding him. And, and God was doing incredible things through his life. And, and so that would encourage the people at Colossae. But I think it was even more than that. I think it was, it was Tychicus himself, that something about him was an encouragement. And you and I do not know how, how powerful encouragement is that comes through us to other people. And when somehow we know they're going through something or somehow we just are there for them and, and we go to them and we can encourage them in one way or another, you don't know how important that is. I mean, can you think in your own life about maybe somebody said something to you that just encouraged you, that just to take another step, brother, Take another step, sister. You can do it. But the most powerful way that is, I think, is face-to-face. When, when he sent Tychicus there, face-to-face, he was going to encourage him. I know it's good to, like, you know, text people, and I do all that stuff, too. Not all of it, but some of it. I haven't learned how to tweet yet. I mean, I'm not, that whole bird thing, I'm not quite sure the tweet, tweet, bird thing. I'm going to get it, though. I promise you. I'm going to send out a tweet someday. But there's nothing like picking up the telephone and calling someone and saying, hi. I could have sent that guy a text message in, in Newton, but, you know, to call him up on the phone, it would have been better if I had drove up there, but face-to-face or at least voice-to-voice, there's something about this saying, hey, I just was thinking about you, love you. Something about encouragement. The second person, let's get to the second person, but one more thing I want to quote. Our churches today could use more like Tychicus. There's no wonder that Paul could use, could could trust him and could send him. Now the second one there is found in verse 9. He is coming, Tychicus is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. And they together will tell you everything that is happening here. Onesimus. How many of you know who Onesimus is? This is a little more, his name is a little more well known, although I haven't heard anybody name their children after him either. Onesimus. Onesimus, quite simply, was, whoa, it's already 12 o'clock. Well, what happened to the time? You know what? We got lasagna downstairs. I, I'm going to save Onesimus, okay? I just realized, I just looked at the clock. I, I don't want to just rush through this guy because there's, there's something about him too. I, I'll, I'll include him next week. Is that okay? Is that all right with you all? I think Tychicus is pretty cool. Let's, let's leave it with Tychicus for now, and we'll get back to Onesimus to, uh, next Sunday. Tychicus and Onesimus, they rare and beautiful treasures. These were, these were two men whose lives were changed by God, who gave themselves up to serve God, and God was using them. And we find them now in the Bible some 2,000 years later. Not that everybody knows their names, but God knows their names. And, and I can imagine 
I can just imagine what it was like when they went to be with him. Family, dear brother, faithful, faithful minister and a fellow servant. Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, I thank you for the lives of these people and, and uh, they are encouragement to us. They are challenge to us. They are examples to us. And though nobody, um, not many people, perhaps none will ever remember our names in history, but like this man Tychicus, that we could be a dear brother, loved, that we could be faithful, reliable, dependable, and full of faith to serve you, to, to minister. And that we could work together, fellow servants, co-bond servants together in the faith, in the ministry. God, you're doing something here in this church. I pray that you would just continue it, that you'd bless it, that you would just uh, use us as a as a little army to go out and, and to be what you called us to be. I pray you'd open doors, as we saw earlier, for opportunity. Give us boldness and courage to speak the words, just the name Jesus even, and pray for people. God, I pray here this morning as well, as, as we take this opportunity as well to come before you and ask for people who might be here this morning that do not know you, that, that, that uh, we and I have made a commitment that, to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. And perhaps that's you this morning as we're praying and you say, well, I, I, I would like a change in my life. I'm lost. I don't, I don't have any future. I don't have any hope. This world is freaking me out. I'm, I, I, it's, I'm scared to death. Then Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life for all. The only way, the only truth, the only hope the only life. And what you need to do this morning is simply open your heart and say, Jesus, 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 please come in. Please come in. I receive you and I believe in the cross. I believe in the resurrection that you died and that you rose again for me. So please come into my heart. Please come into my life today. April 21st, 2013. Father, hear the cries of our hearts. Bless our fellowship now in, in all the different ways. Lord, again, we're in this thing together, God. We're in this together. Let us fight together, shoulder to shoulder. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, um, let's stand and sing one short song together, shall we?